chapter 2, verse number 1. Let's stand to honor God's word as we read it. Philippians 2. Verse 1, if there be therefore any consolation in Christ, if any comfort of love, if any fellowship of the Spirit, if any bowels and mercies, fulfill ye my joy that ye be like-minded, having the same love, being of one accord, of one mind. I feel like I'm reading this too fast. Let me start over, please. If there be therefore any consolation in Christ... If any comfort of love, if any fellowship of the Spirit, if any bowels and mercies, fulfill ye my joy, that ye be like-minded. Again, you, you get the like-minded. He's not talking about just one or two people. He's saying everybody embrace this. Do you see it? Be like-minded, having the same love, being of one accord, of one mind. Let nothing be done through strife or vainglory, but in lowliness of mind, let each esteem other better than themselves. Look not every man on his own things, but every man also on the things of others. And then this verse, which summarizes what he's trying to drive home. If you ever start to feel sorry for yourself, verse 5, let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus, who being in the form of God, thought it not robbery to be equal with God but made himself of no reputation. I, I don't have a title that just resonates with me, but I feel like this is the thought that summarizes it best. Serving each other like Jesus serves us. I'm amazed at what God is doing. And I, I'm... I'm so, so in awe of him and so thankful for you. I wish I could show you how I brag on y'all. People ask, what, what are you doing there? I'm, I'm not doing anything. I'm just preaching and praying and trying to love people. And God is doing what God does, and he's sending amazing people to this church family. I don't get it. I don't deserve it. I'm just amazed by it. But I know that we're not immune not, we are not immune. And this isn't, this is not accusatory in any way. This is affirming. And I just, I have been through a very raw process that I feel like I must communicate with you so you understand how I think. And then hopefully by the grace of God, you can capture it for yourself and and implement what Jesus demonstrates in the way that we interact with each other. So serving each other like Jesus serves us. Father, I want to thank you that Jesus served us by coming to the cross. He submitted himself to the will of the Father. And as God, 
became man and being found in fashion as a man, he humbled himself and became obedient unto death, even the death of the cross. I love what it says later, wherefore God hath highly exalted him. But the exaltation did not come before the humility. The triumph did not come before the service. The salvation for us did not come before the selflessness of Jesus. And so God, would you, would you help us to get this tonight? I hope it to be communicated in a way that is both affirming and clear. I pray that it would help people to understand me a little better. I pray that you would use this to help people appreciate what we have at this church. And God, I pray that you would use tonight to protect what we are as individuals before you and what we are as a family. We love you in Jesus' name. Amen. You may be seated. Thanks so much for standing. Um, we have a rule that when, when it's just me driving or Andrea driving, the oldest kid that is present with us gets dibs on the front seat. Because when you have as many kids as we do, it becomes exhausting trying to figure out who's going to sit where. And so the rule is the oldest kid gets to pick where they want first and everybody else, you just better be in the car when I start driving off. <laughs> I ain't got, ain't got time to wait on you. Now, there have been occasions when my daddy heart begins to feel a little soft for Justin or for Jackson, or for Addison, because they're always getting bumped to the back seat. And for some of them, it literally is going to be like 10 years before they know what the front seat is like. And, it, and it's like, you know, I want to have a relationship with you too. And, and so, I mean, I, it's not that I don't like you, it's just that I don't want to deal with it. And they have gotten way more time at the altar than you have because they're older. And so I just feel like they earned the front seat a little bit. And so it's, it's pretty fun. Jason will be getting in the front seat and the national will come out and he's like, oh, you're going. And we've literally had kids change their mind about going because they got bumped from the front seat. And we're going, <laughs> and like, I, 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 are you going to go? I was, but no, I'm not. No, it's okay. It's, it's pretty comical. <laughs> Sweet, a little less money I can spend on Sonic drinks. Oh, wait, you're going to Sonic? Never mind. No, you made up your, you made your decision. Get back in the house. And so today, this actually happened today. I'm thankful for God giving me this story today. I'm, I'm going uh, to leave, and we've, we've got two vehicles. And, uh, man, there's, uh, there's a couple of kids that are in the back. Caleb came home with us, and Jaden are in the back. And then there's an, another seat for whoever's going to be there. And Justin's trying to ride with me, and, but he bolts for the front seat, and he's in there. Well, then Jason comes walking up with me, and I just get in, and Jason just stands by the door. <laughs> so, so I'm in, and, and both of the driver's side doors are closed. I get in, I start the key, and Justin's like a little puppy. He's sitting here, and he's going like, please, Dad, please, Dad. 
And it's like, I, I'm, not, I'm not getting involved. Sometimes I do, but I'm not. It's not. I'm not working this out. And Jason's just standing there, completely unsympathetic, because he knows what it's like to get bumped. So I'm, I'm literally starting the car, getting my seatbelt on, getting ready to put it in reverse. And Justin, he quits looking at me, and he looks at Jason, and he just starts begging, please, please, please. And Jason, he could care less. He's like, no, no, you are out. You are out. You are out. And then something about how he was going to have a terrible day if he didn't get out of the front seat. And I don't, I don't remember everything. And you're like, man, I can't believe Jason would do that. If you've had as many things happen to you by your older sisters as Jason has, you would understand. I mean, I give Jason a hard time. But man, growing up with two older sisters, there's a whole lot of mamas in the house. Say amen to that. Amen. Yeah. And... And so eventually they, as I'm in reverse and starting to back up, Justin, I'm like, look, I'm leaving. So if you want to be in this vehicle, you better get in this vehicle because I'm not waiting. And I just start leaving. He eventually gets in. Jason's up front. And uh, I mean, it worked out. But isn't that natural? <laughs> like, I can't believe you're talking about your kids like that. Okay, I'll talk about you like that. Isn't that natural, to want what I want? And look, I'm not saying it's wrong. That's a family dynamic, and it's good for our kids to learn how to function with a lot of different people, and that's healthy for them, and it's okay for the younger kid to get bumped to the back row. That is okay. Okay, I'm going to have to teach on parenting again right now. It is okay for your younger kid to understand that there's a pecking order in life. And you got to work your way up. It's also okay for older kids to have compassion and say, you know what, this one time I'm going to let you back there, but you're going to clean my room for the next month. Okay, whatever. I mean, I hear about people like, I owe Jason $50. For what? Because he said if I, I'm like, no, knock it off. You're going to give me that money and Jason's going to give me $100. Knock it off. That's not how we bargain in our house. But no, it's okay for kids to work through that process, but it's natural for us to think about us first. I'm not knocking my children, okay? That's not what I'm doing. There, There is a process in our home, and we enjoy watching them work through that process within the confines of it. It's good for their development and their awareness of reality. But that is, that, that is how we are. Look, I want to sit up front. I want to have my preference. I want, I want to have things to be the way that I want them to be. Well, chapter 2, verse number 1, starts off with an assumption that if this is true, these other things need to be true. So, so here's the assumption. If Jesus loves us. No, does Jesus love us? No, 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 I know you know it, but it's really good for us to not just say yes because that's what we've said ever since we were in Sunday school or ever since we got saved. It's good to think through the process again. Yes, he loves us, and it's definitive, and it's undeniable. There is consolation in Christ. Do you remember when you got saved and how broken and afraid you were and the consolation that came in through Jesus Christ, that he wasn't just giving you a ticket into heaven, that he was making you a child of God, that he was consoling you, that you no longer 
longer had to live under the shadow of your regret and the weight of your sin and the burden of that which you could not go back and change, but that you were consoled, you were free, and that even after you got saved, many of us have experienced seasons of rebellion, and yet where sin abounds, grace does much more abound, and like the prodigal, he brings us back, whether physically or just through an attitude in our hearts, there is much consolation in Jesus Christ. I'm so thankful that there's not a sinner that he'll turn away. There's not a prodigal that he'll keep outside. He welcomes anyone that is willing to come to him. There is fellowship in the spirit. There is comfort of love. I'm so amazed at the consolation and the comfort that you have in Christ. I'm so amazed at the fellowship that we have with Jesus. I'm amazed at the diversity of life and thought and experience and background that is represented at this church. And you say, how is it possible that this diverse of a group be able to get together and be able to have unity? It's because of what we have in common in the Spirit of God. And so if that is true... Then he says in verse number two, Paul says to the Philippian believers, then essentially you need to love each other like Jesus has loved you. Fulfill ye my joy that ye, ye plural, all of you, every one of you from one side to the other, from one place of leadership to another, from one role to another, you be of the same mind, you be of the same love, you be of one accord. You need to love each other the way that Jesus has loved you. And here's the point. It's not a competition. Say, so what do you mean by that? This is beautiful. And I just want to thank God for helping me with it. In God's family, you all get to be in the front seat. God doesn't throw people in the back seat. You say, I don't feel like I'm in the front seat right now. I'm telling you, there's a Savior who loves you, and he paved the way for you, not just to barely squeak in as the vehicle's pulling away and jump in the trunk somewhere. You got a front seat with Christ. You say, what do you mean? Joint heirs justified front seat with your savior and because so because of our standing with Christ do, do you see it we were down here and he came to us he humbled himself he came to us he consoled us he comforted us he lifted us up he brought us out he didn't just put us in the back of the vehicle he gives us a front seat we are joint heirs with our Savior. He has exalted us. He has given us his righteousness. He has completely removed anything that we could ever be guilty of. And he has translated to us who he is. And when God looks at us, he sees the sufficiency of Jesus Christ. He sees the finished work of Jesus Christ. And whatever it is that you struggle with, whatever it is that you've been guilty of, it does not define you, though it afflicts you. It is not the thing that God sees. He sees the sufficiency of Christ on the cross, resurrected from the tomb. 
You have been exalted in ways that you cannot begin to comprehend and that you won't fully grasp until you are with him one day. But I'm telling you, you have been elevated from no seat to the front seat of the Savior. It's amazing. So if you buy into that, then you need to guard against looking at this as a competition. I didn't say stop, I said guard against. Now maybe you need to stop, but I think primarily it would be guard against ever looking at interactions with other believers, ever looking at interactions with a church family, ever looking at interactions with people that you have some disagreement with, ever looking at interactions where there's some hard things to work through, ever looking at interactions with your pastor, ever looking at interactions with the people of God, and that's the context of this. You need to not ever look at that as a competition. Why? Because we're all in the front seat, brothers. We're all in the front seat, sisters. No, we've got different roles in this church, but I'm telling you, every lady that's ever worked in the nursery has a front seat, just like every leader that's ever led from the front has a front seat, because it has nothing to do with our role. It has to do with our standing in Jesus Christ. Man, I hope you get it. So because, because we are all in the front seat, we're not competing with each other. We're serving. We're loving each other. Notice the description. Let nothing be done through strife or vainglory. You know, there, there are situations where it's just hard to get anything done because there's so much infighting about how to do it. No, we've talked about this. There are lots of good ways to do it, but eventually somebody has to make a decision about how we're going to do it, and people just need to say, okay, this is what we're going to do, and we're going to be on board. Not be done through vainglory. It's not about who gets the credit for what. Well, why doesn't my name get called? Or, well, why were they? Or, well, why this? Or, well, why that opportunity? No, 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 no. We're just supposed to find a way to be involved in serving one another. Let each esteem in lowliness of mind, meaning my thoughts about myself are not as though I deserve better than anybody else. Look, if, if we took a poll, most people would say, no, I don't deserve better than anybody else, and yet we can act that way sometimes. If you don't deserve better than anybody else, then Jonathan, why do you get irritated when you have to wait? If you really don't think you deserve better than anyone else, then why are you frustrated that someone is in line ahead of you? And so he's, he's saying, in lowliness of mind, don't think higher of yourself than you should. And this isn't about beating yourself down. Please don't leave saying, I'm just not supposed to value myself. No, that's not the point. The point is you're supposed to value each other the same way you value yourself. The way that Jesus values you. That would be the better measurement. Value each other the way that Jesus values you. Let each esteem other better than themselves. Verse 4, look not every man on his own things, but every man also on the things of others. We all have stuff. What do you mean? We all have stuff that we're dealing with. Who in here has bills? Okay. Who in here is worried about their children? All right, I need you to keep raising your hands. Who in here is irritated with somebody? <laughs> I know you're irritated with me for having you up here right now. You'll get over it. 
Whose heart is hurting? Who doesn't know how they're going to get through the next month? Anybody? Yeah, we got some. I don't know why you're raising your hand. You're going to survive because you have a good mama, Melina. <laughs> All God's people said amen to that. Yeah. Yeah, we all have things. You know, the reality is we can come into a family like this and we can be focused on our things. But that's not how Jesus lived. You know what Jesus did? Verse 5. Let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus, who being in the form of God thought it not robbery to be equal with God, but made, I think I'm saying this right, but made himself of no reputation and took upon the form of a servant and was made in the likeness of men and being found in fashion as a man, he humbled himself and became obedient unto death, even the death of the cross. When Jesus came as God and man, he did not come for himself. He came for you. So here's the, here's the idea. Evidence of Christian maturity is selfless service to each other. Evidence of Christian maturity in a church family is selfless service to each other. As I mentioned with Jason in the car or with Justin in the car, this is not natural. No, no, look, let, let's just be honest. Can, can you please be honest with me? I can be talking about one need, and it's possible that something come into your mind. Well, look, my situation seems a whole lot worse right now. I'm not criticizing that. I'm just, have you ever felt that way? Look, I, they have this going on, but I have this going on. No, this person's going through this, but this person's going through this. And, and there's all of this thing because we all, we all have stuff going on. And the point is not that we need to neglect our, the things going on in our life. The point is we need to be aware that everyone has something going on. And we know about a fraction of it. But we don't know about everything that everybody's going through. We don't know about every weight that everybody's bearing. We don't know about every struggle that everybody deals with. We don't know about every wrestling that every person person has to wrestle with. We don't know about every regret that keeps people up at night. We don't know about every suffering that people are going through. Everybody's going through something. And if we're going to be a mature congregation, then we have to be a part of this family with this mindset. I do have things going on, but I need to love them. Who's them? It's all of us. I need to love them the way my Savior has loved me. Christian maturity. It's when we selflessly serve each other. When everyone does this, everyone is going to be cared for. <laughs> a pastor is supposed to be an example of this, but a pastor cannot be the only one doing it. Now, I need to talk personally. I don't mean to be emotional. But I'm telling you, the last three weeks have been heart-wrenching in ways and exhilarating in ways that I can't explain to you. 
I just got to share it with you, so I need your patience, please. A pastor has to be an example of this, but a pastor even has to be a recipient of this. I'm not comparing myself to these people as though I'm even close to their level, but if stronger men than me needed it, then you just need to assume that a weaker man like me is going to need it. Moses had to have his hands held up by Aaron and her. Jethro, Moses' father-in-law, came to him and said, you're going to waste away, and if you waste away, the entire congregation is going to suffer, and you need to learn how to let go of some of these things and allow other people to do them, because if you keep trying to do everything, you're not going to last, and God's people are going to suffer for it. Jesus teaching his disciples to come apart and rest. This trip was amazing for us. I almost feel guilty about it, but I know that's not what you want. At least I don't think it is. I just can't, I can't describe how God helped us. I, I just want to share a funny story with you. I hope this doesn't offend you. There, there are some shops where we were, and they're open-air shops. And it, it's a whole lot of souvenirs. And then there's a whole lot of alcohol establishments. And, and, I mean, it's that way anywhere. And then people are just trying to sell stuff everywhere. And we're just walking. We're just enjoying being out and just walking. And all kinds of jewelry stores and hats and shirts and baskets and flowers and alcohol and shirts and baskets and hats and jewelry and alcohol and it's just all open and we're just we're just walking and there's a guy sitting in one of the stores that I've referenced on a BMX bike and he's just hanging out there like he's waiting to kidnap somebody and then beside him is a much older guy who looks like he's been at that store way too many times. And I'm, I'm not trying to be ugly, but he's sitting there in a wheelchair with a leg amputated and has maybe two teeth. And we're just walking by. And the guy in the wheelchair, just as I'm walking by, he goes, Hey, you said you were going to buy a bottle from me when you came back by. <laughs> and... I mean, I was, I was like, no, I didn't. <laughs> he goes, yeah, you did. You said you were. I'm like, you don't know what you're talking about. And that guy's sitting on the bike. He goes, yeah, you did. <laughs> like, no, I didn't. And I have on these, I have these, you've never seen them. You might see them on Sunday. <laughs> I have these tie-dye Crocs. You don't need to know that your pastor has those, <laughs> except they were very popular. <laughs> and this dude sitting on the bike, he goes, how much you want for those? <laughs> I'm like, they're not for sale. He's like, no, really, how much you want? I'm like, I'm not selling them. He's like, I'll give you a bottle. I don't drink. <laughs> we just had fun together. I didn't mean that like that, but whatever. 
this, this needs to be removed later, Brother Z. <laughs> Brother Pat. No, look, look, not, not obviously, obviously not like that. We just, we just enjoyed each other's company. I heard on the live stream, Brother Max said, you know, if I could, I would throw brother, I would throw pastor's phone in, in a lake somewhere. And I appreciated that. And some of you know, you, you text me about different things, and there was a lot of stuff I just didn't respond to, because it's been a long time since she almost exclusively has had my attention. The, the first Wednesday night we were there, we, we listened to the message, Brother Youngblood preached. And where we were, we just we had a great view of the stars, and we listened to the message, and I just we just laid there, and I just started weeping. I can't tell you all the reasons why I'm just just feeling so much intensity, just working through so many things, just want God's people to be okay. Just feel like there's things that I don't have the answer to, and just just so much. And I hope this isn't too vulnerable to you. I'm just I'm just telling you. It was like God gave me a release, just laying there, and I'm praying for you, I'm thinking about my insufficiencies and my inadequacies, God just let, let me get some stuff out that I needed to, so good, it was great. And it didn't involve drinking anything we should not have been drinking. <laughs> Good night. But that trip would not have been possible without some Christian maturity being shown towards us. Rod obviously was not doing well. And by the time friend day arrives, which was two days before we were supposed to go on this trip, I'm already trying to figure out how I can cancel this. By the way, on friend day, we had well over 400 people. We had, we had several people not here too. It was amazing. It's just amazing to see what God is doing. Praise the Lord. So thankful for the effort. And I don't remember, I didn't sleep much that night. I'm just wrestling with it. I'd been up to see him. I had been with Tina. And, and you can just tell, I've been around this long enough. And unless God does a miracle, th this situation is going to deteriorate rather quickly. And, and my heart is just, it's hurting. Not, and, and please don't misunderstand this, but I am hurting for my wife because I am, I am trying to figure out how I'm going to cancel this again. And then I'm hurting for Miss Tina because she's going through something that I, I, I have been a part of, but I have not experienced personally. And I'm just, I'm just hurting. And so that afternoon while people are eating and we're, man, just got the food trucks going and everybody's, it's just an amazing time. I've, I, I pulled Brother Max aside. He was the he had come over to me and I said, Look, man, I'm 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 thinking about I'm I'm thinking that I'm gonna cancel this trip. And his response was immediate. He said, I'm gonna I'm gonna drive you two to the airport myself if I have to. You need to go on this trip. 
I was like, I, I appreciate that, but then I asked if I could meet with the trustees, and that's why I asked Brother Robbie to be up here, and we sat in my office, and I was, and I'm just wrestling, and I said, guys, you see what's going on, and, and Andrew and I have this, but then Tina and Rod have this, and these, these other things, and this was the sentiment. There were two sentiments that were articulated from Brother Robbie, from Brother Brian, from Brother Max, from Brother Dave, and it, it went like this. Number one, you and especially your wife need time at some point. You need time. I'm not telling you that because you don't know it. You need time. And if you wait with the way things are going at this church, if you wait to take time when nothing is going on in anybody's life, you're never going to go. Look, I don't like that reality. But if you think about it logically from my perspective, if I wait in a church that is where God is doing what he's doing for nothing to ever be going on, then we're never going to go. It happened. But then I said this, I'm like, guys, I still have to talk to Tina. And I'm thankful for the kind of men that we have. And it's not just them, it's many others. And, I, and I'm looking at you tonight. That I said, I need y'all to step up in my place. And as they have done so many times, as others of them have done, like Brother Don and Brother Mike, they're like, we will do whatever we need to do for Rod and Tina. Others were willing to do it as well. Do it, but you need to go. So then Andrew and I grab Tina and her friend, and we're just, we're just hanging out in the office after the Sunday night service. And I, and I was, and I'm just, I'm your pastor, and I'm her husband. And I understand that you have something going on that is so hard and we just had to work through it. And I'm not going to tell you about all the conversation. But we just had to, we had to work through it. And this woman was amazing. Is that a fair assessment? Amazing. Now she's crazy. <laughs> she should never be allowed to have a boot, a knife in her boot. She said, Pastor, this was her statement, Pastor, it's not that I'll be okay. It's that Rod and I want you to go. And I, I just had to say it. I said, Tina, he could die while I'm gone. And it's not a situation where I can just be back like that. And, she, and this was her statement. God knows what is going on. I'm not, I'm not, I'm just, I'm just telling you what was communicated. I'm not asking you to agree with it. I'm just telling you what was communicated. You and your wife are a good pastor. You're doing a good job. You need to have some time, and it's okay. We are going to be okay. Say, so why would you tell that? Because I was in a weird place where I was struggling And the maturity that was shown here, and the maturity that was especially shown here, liberated me in my own heart 
to be able to invest here to someone that is constantly allowing herself to be neglected. I just want to share some facts. I'm almost done. Some facts about me that you already know. And, and this isn't a whine. I, I hope this doesn't come across as me whining. That's not what I'm trying to do. I'm just trying to help you to understand this situation and how we need to be towards each other. I have to be able to get away. It, if you ever have studied the life of Charles Spurgeon, he would be gone for weeks at a time because he had, he had a severe health issue. He had gout that was extremely severe, and he struggled with depression. A lot of people wouldn't know that, but he had serious battles with depression and anxiety, and he would have to go away just to deal with them. And the truth is, it may not be the same way, but Andrea can hit a wall. My kids can hit a wall. I can hit a wall. And, and most of the time when I'm traveling, especially for ministry, especially to go uh, do a marriage conference, I'm going to be doing a marriage conference in between Wednesday and Sunday like we've had people do a marriage conference. And I'm available to talk on the phone. I'm available to text. But I, I, there have been times when I, I need people. I need people to be okay with me just unplugging for a minute. And, here, and, and I'm so thankful for two things. Number one, we have so many other capable men and women. We do. Look, if you think that my wrestling to be here for people is because I think I'm the only one, you're wrong. It's just because I love, I just, I love you. But man, I'm amazed at the job Brother Adam did. I'm not even talking about the Sunday when you preach. Brother Sharp preached that Sunday night. Um, and then Wednesday. Brother Kyle McMillan. Um, about the funeral. Brother Werner passed away. And there were just family dynamics there that were impossible to, to, for me to just work around. And, 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 and I'm not complaining about that. It's just a very unique situation. And man, Brother Adam, Brother Adam stepped up and did a fantastic job. And then there's this, the fresher I can be, the better the church is going to be. But here's the challenge. I couldn't be fresh if I didn't have a Tina in my life. I couldn't be fresh if I didn't have a brother Robin in my life. I couldn't be fresh if I didn't have families and people like you that understand. He loves us, and just because he's not able to be here for every single thing does not mean that he doesn't love us. You know what the reality is you're gonna have to wait on me sometimes you're gonna have to it's gonna be a phone call I remember one time when I was in Bible college Alexandra Alexandra was having her first surgery and it wasn't it wasn't a major surgery but it there you know it was it was our baby it was our first baby and it was a real surgery it was you're gonna stay in the hospital kind of surgery it was 
they're going to do some work on her muscles because of a, dis, a deformity that she was born with. And, and I remember our pastor calling, and, and he's like, man, Jonathan, I, I know that this is a little late, and I'm sorry. I'm like, Brother Sam, this church has got like 2,000 people in it. It's, man, I'm just, I'm thankful. You understand it's going to be like that sometimes. You're going to have to be patient and wait on me at times to get back on a text. You're going to have to be okay sometimes with other people ministering to you. But the reality is no one person can be there for everyone the same way. But everyone can be there for someone. And if everyone will learn how to be there for someone, then everyone is going to be okay. Because I'm not the only one that can minister for Jesus. Andrew and Marjorie do a great job of it. Don and Jerry do a great job of it. Jeff and Dana do a good job of it, great job of it. Mike and June do a great job of it. I'm looking at Brother Felipe, and as he's come on board, man, doing a great job of it. I can get over on this side, man. I just, I love, you are able to do a great job of it. Everyone can't minister, no one person can minister to everyone, but everyone can minister to someone. I was talking with Tina about this later. You know what's amazing? And, it, and it's not always going to be this way, but Rod lived for another two weeks, basically. But he didn't, he wasn't just alive by her testimony, and you'll hear it later. There were priceless interactions that took place. And this is what I think. And this is what she thinks. That God in his mercy honored the maturity and the prayer. And let things work out just like they needed to. If we're going to have a strong family for generations... We have to understand these kind of things. And, and I don't ever want you to think that I take this stuff lightly. But I have, I have long since reached the place, and I, and, and I didn't come here with this mentality. I'm just aware of this. I can't do everything that needs to be done. And, and, I, and I know that people know that. I know that you're aware of that. I just, I, I've had some people make some comments recently, ask me if I've, I've thought about this or thought about this, and, you know, you know what are you thinking about yourself? And, and, and I'm trying to handle things the way that they need to be handled and done, but, man, number one, I'm not perfect and I'm just limited, but I'm so thankful for this. This church isn't being built because of my sufficiency. It's being built because of the sufficiency of Jesus Christ. And if everyone will buy in, if everyone will buy in to ministering to each other the way that Jesus ministers to us, we're going to be okay. It doesn't mean that it's never going to be hard. It doesn't mean that one situation's not going to be different. It doesn't mean that I'm, I'm going to be in doing one thing and something else is going to happen. It doesn't mean that I'm not going to have to have another hard conversation with someone else about things that are going on. But I just, I, I want to tell you this, this is, this is cyclical. We get, we get home and, 
and man, I'm just, I'm, I'm trying to check up with my kids, and, and I'm, just, I'm just hanging out with my kids, and I get a text that things have significantly changed, and I gather my kids around, and I say, look, this is what dad does, and this is what's going on, and you know, what's, and you know this is how it is, and my kids can give you testimony. I've had to leave in the middle of something more times than they can remember. And yet, if you hang out with my kids, there's no bitterness and there's no resentment. And a bit, one of the big reasons is because of the way their mama handles those situations. And another reason is, is because we, dem- we try to teach our children, get, it's a privilege to minister to God's people. And you need to love them. You need to love God's people. And so they pray. And then as my children have learned how to text me, it's been so amazing. After I've had to leave them to go minister to other people, I'll get a text from them sometimes. Dad, we're praying for you. I'm telling you, in this, everybody has to pay a price. But if everybody's willing to pay a price, whether it's my children, whether it's men that God brings into my life, whether it's my sisters that are willing to bear some weight, whether it's my wife, this church is going to be fine. Christian maturity keeps a family fresh and functioning at a Christ-like level. I hope this made sense, and I hope you didn't misunderstand the motive tonight. I'm, it's not, I'm, not, I'm not asking for something for me. I'm asking for understanding for what we're trying to do and for what we need to be towards each other. I'm going gonna, gonna to ask you all to stand together, Jason, Brother Robbie, Miss Tina, Miss Andrea, you can, you can all go be seated. If God has spoken to your heart, Miss Nicole is going to begin to play. You respond. Father, I want to thank you for the way that you loved us, and I want to thank you for the way that people in this church family love one another. God, I'm amazed by it. And I just, I ask, I ask, dear God, that you would help us to continue to love. That's going to be challenged. That's going to be put to the test. So, Lord, in in all these things, it's so easy sometimes to focus. It it, it is for me, Lord. It's so easy for me to focus on, on what something is costing me instead of focusing on what you've done for me. And so, Lord, as I have opportunity to minister, and as you give my family opportunity to love, and you give our family opportunity to be loved, help us to always seek to mimic you to demonstrate your love. Help our church, help us all, Lord, as a family to minister to each other the way that you minister to us. God, I thank you for how good you are. In Jesus' name, if God has spoken to your heart, Brother Nate's gonna sing. You respond if you need to. I must have